For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to 2022. Oh my gosh. Well, yes, we are now towards the end of January in 2022 when we're recording this. So yeah, it's just because we're just returning to podcasting, but there's a whole other episode about that. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about trends in 2022. I think that's where that came from. Yeah. So typically I feel like we record this kind of podcast at the end of the year before in like December, but we're just getting to it a little late, which I think there should be some grace around since we're entering year three of the global pandemic and timelines are fluid. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. So what are we going to talk about this today, Sandy? We have one, two, three, four different trends that we see for 2022. Let's start with the first one and we're calling it digital minimalism. Yes. And I think this is aspirational also. This is just this idea of we've all been on the internet glued to our screens for, you know, two straight years. And for some of us, you know, many more years (laughs) than that. And people are burnt out from screens. And so for those of us that run online businesses, I think we need to just be mindful of our own screen time, but also just what are we calling our clients to do? Like how much are we asking for our audience and our clients to engage with us on a screen? Yeah. And I think we've been talking about this inner circle a little bit, and it's like, let's take a look at what our offers are and do they actually still make sense for 2022? Like what we created in 2020 and 2021, like, is that still what people want? And I think to your point, that's exactly the question you need to ask yourself. I think a lot of women specifically, when they create something for online, they are trying to add as much value as they can, which often means more videos, more and more and more and more. And I think for 2022, the trend will be add less and better organized so that the person can get in, the student, the client can get in, take what they need, watch what they need in a very clear, like, this is what I do next. And this is what I do. And it's all I need. I don't need to spend like scrolling through pages. So I think like the We've used digital minimalism for 
you know, like you said, like us as the creators and the teachers and the time we spend in front of screens, but we want to apply this to what you are creating. Yeah. And I think you're definitely talking about like paid offerings and I would say also applies to free content too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a blogger, a podcaster, a YouTuber, make that content count. It still really matters, but less content and better content. I would say the internet, again, we talk about this all the time is getting more and more crowded by the second. And so you really, you used to be able to get away with just making more Mm -hmm. stuff. And now you get away with making better stuff. You get ahead by making better, not more. And I don't think I was just asked this question a couple of days ago. I don't think that working online, teaching online, coaching online is going away. I just think that there's a better, I think there's a definitely a hybrid model kind of coming out of this, but if you don't have a brick and mortar, I think it's just like smarter. Like how can you best deliver Mm -hmm. what you're teaching to your clients? So yeah, I think that's a good one. Smart us. Yeah. Digital minimalism hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? The next one is marketing. And uh, we've got a couple sub points under this. So let's start off, Jenny, since I think this is more your wheelhouse than mine. Let's talk about what's going to be the trend for paid marketing. Let me ask that again. What's the trend for marketing? Yeah, I think it's going to be more focused on paid marketing and spending more on paid marketing. So we all had the experience of iOS 14 last year, those of us that run online businesses and saw, you know, ad costs kind of explode in the spring last year. And so, you know, some of us got a little gun shy and turned our ads off for a while, like (laughs) raising hand, (laughs) but, you know, ads aren't going away. And I think that what we need to focus on now is how do we have effective ads and how do we have a profitable business while running paid marketing campaigns? And, you know, we primarily run Facebook and Instagram ads. We have done a little bit with Google ads in the past and not had, you know, they're not our favorite. So that's not where we see the best ROI, but in terms of Facebook and Instagram, like what do you need to do on those platforms to be successful? So one thing that we talked about is that we really want you to have an offer that is profitable to run ads to. And what do we call that offer, Sandy, in our community? We are going to be calling that magnetizing offer. Yeah. Magnetizing offer. Yeah. So you want to have a magnetizing offer and you want to have an opulent offer. So what that means is your offer needs to be really good and your offer needs to be expensive enough that it actually makes sense to run paid marketing to it. So, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rules, but more and more we're seeing that the businesses that we work with that are most effective are those that can afford to spend money in advertising and to get that offer in front of the right people. And advertising at this point is the most efficient, effective way to do that. So it goes hand in hand with your organic content strategy, but it really amplifies what you can do organically in a way that like, it's kind of silly not to take part in, to Mm -hmm. be honest. But I think our point with our clients is always like, you can't just jump into paid ads. You have to know that you have that magnetizing offer. You have created something that works that people want, that people will pay for that. And and we're using the word magnetizing, meaning like your clients, they can't say no. It's such a good offer that they just like they're magnetized toward that. They have to have it. They have to go towards it because otherwise it's just money down the drain for Facebook. Yeah, that's right. It's really easy to blow lots of money 
and give it away to Zuck if you're not mm-hmm. careful. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have something that's obviously validated. And we talk about that in our launch with intention program and our beta launch lab course for those of you that are clients of ours. And then you also have to price it in such a way mm-hmm. that you can continue to make profit on the offering while still engaging in paid marketing and covering the expenses that you incur in your business. Like it has to be both. Like you can't get away with one or the other or none anymore. Yeah. Gone are the days where you have a $10 a month membership and you can run Facebook ads to it. Like you just can't do it. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't work. No, no, no. So never (laughs) on that same note, the other thing that we're seeing and currently experimenting, I'm going to be sharing all of this with our inner circle clients when we have the results is this idea of an SLO or a self-liquidating offer. Yeah. So SLOs, right. We've played with them for a long time and, you know, until 2021, until like midway through 2021, we didn't need to have an SLO to have like a profitable business. Like it wasn't a necessity, but ad costs got so expensive after iOS updates that affected Facebook's ability to target people through their ads manager. You know, after that happened, you know, ad costs are so expensive that it's silly not to have some sort of smaller, tiny offer that you're selling through your ads in order to help liquidate the cost of of your ad spend. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, we're not looking to be profitable on those kinds of tiny offers. What we are looking for our tiny offers to do are to help offset the cost of running our ads. So we're able to continue to grow our email list, to grow our audience, to grow our following, to grow a business at the speed that we want to, which is what paid marketing enables us to do without just having to like literally pour money down the drain. Mm -hmm. into Facebook. And it also, in addition to offsetting ad spend, it also, I think, increases the quality of the client that you get on that list because they're willing to spend 30, 40, $50, whatever it is. Cause they're, and so they're much more invested, much more interested skin in the game. They'll consume whatever they're buying, you know? So there's also a secondary sort of byproduct of that is like, you think you get a better client on that email list. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, we talk about wanting to eliminate the tire kickers. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have time for the people that are just sort of like poking around and considering working Mm -hmm. with us. I mean, obviously we want everyone who works with us to evaluate whether it's a good fit, but there are lots of people. And the way that we've grown our company up until last year was that like, everyone come learn, come grow, come be a part of this. this Yeah. And then this tiny percentage of you will end up becoming paid clients and use our software, whatever. And what we're realizing now is like, we don't really have time for that. Like, I mean, we will always have some kind of free offers for people who organically come to our site. And maybe we will do some of that through ads just to experiment in the future. But the truth is that, you know, we really want to build an audience of people that are willing to invest in their business because we're a software platform that serves businesses and our courses and coaching programs, our higher tiers also serve businesses. We want to work with people who are willing to invest in their business. You know, if you are a small business owner, you're obviously welcome to listen to our podcast. We will always make this content free, but we're not able to focus on people who are not in a position or unwilling to invest in their business because I don't think you'll be successful until you're ready to invest. Like, to be honest, mm-hmm. most small businesses don't have time to learn and get all of the information and tools that they need for free in order to be successful, especially in 2022. And so, if you want to build a successful online business, you need to get yourself in a position to invest. And so this is just also one of those, as you're saying, Sandy, one of those amazing sort of filters so that we end up with the right people on our email list and the Mm -hmm. right people coming, you know, into our social channels and a good fit. 
I want to do another podcast on debt and using yes. debt to build your business. Cause I have so many over when you were traveling, I had just like so many ideas and so many thoughts about how to position this because I think, and then this is a bit of an aside and we won't go into deep into this, but I just think you can't build a business without debt. Like, I think it's impossible. And I want to talk about all the ways to make that work for our audience. Okay. Yeah, back smart to idea. Okay. All right. Next one. Yeah. What's the next one? Audio. Oh my gosh. I love audio so much. This is why we podcast folks. <laughs> we are such big fans of audio. And even though these are also videos for those of you watching on YouTube or on our website for our podcast, we are audiophiles. And there are some exciting things coming down the pike in our platform related to audio. But you know, we've talked about this for years that audio builds intimacy in a way that nothing else does. Audio builds connection in a way that nothing else does. I think that's why we saw Clubhouse explode early on in the pandemic. It was like people were craving connection outside of their house. And audio did that and filled that void in a way that nothing else did. And you know, like video is kind of everywhere. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot. And, you know, I noticed that it's also just like, it's, I think that there's something emotionally exhausting Mm -hmm. (laughs) about watching a video that isn't Mm -hmm. there personally. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's screen time, right. Versus listening to an audio, like an audio teaching or a podcast or something, I can really be fully present and immersed in my physical world big fan of the physical, actual human world and not just the internet. And I can still be listening and learning and growing and connecting in a way that video really is like putting a wall up between me and the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And that goes back to that digital minimalism comment. And I think part of like in our inner circle coaching programs, we're about to put all our coaching calls that we all meet on zoom with, we're going to strip the audio and we're going to create a private podcast for our clients because not everybody can join at that time or life happens. And then, then to be able to just put on a private podcast and go and walk your dog or whatever, and still get the benefit of that coaching and all those good conversations that is supporting our clients, decreasing their time in front of the Mm -hmm. screens. Right. I think it's huge. So yeah, yeah. there's a few other things coming, but we can't, can't say it right now. Not yet. It's coming for those of you who are marvelous clients, you'll get first access. No. So I was going to say like, it just reminds me, this conversation is reminding me of when I was studying for the bar exam. And as most of you know, I'm an attorney and because of timing and life circumstances, I didn't take like traditional bar review courses where you go in person for like eight hours a day and, you know, like cram for the bar exam. And I did this like audio kind of mail order CD, <laughs> what, like an mail, actual CD, like CDs it arrived in the mails. Like, yeah, like a packet of CDs. And I had to mail them back. Like after I listened to them, like I wasn't allowed to keep them and they had apparently some sort of like protection. So they couldn't be duplicated. I mean, you know, for those of you that have taken something like a bar exam, it was like many, many thousands of dollars to like get the training for the studying. But I just am thinking about how I remember I used to live in Seattle at the time. And I would remember like popping in my CD and walking around Green Lake, like the reservoir in the middle of North Seattle. Like, and I like a little little walkman, like a little portable CD. Yeah. Like I must've had like a portable CD. I don't know. I must've had that, you know, or I like illegally like burned them as DVDs. I probably burned them as like MP3s. Yeah. But like, let's not talk about that. (laughs) No, but I remember 
just like going for like two, three hour walks at a time around the lake and like holding my iced coffee and like walking around Green Lake. And that's how I studied for the bar exam. And like all of my friends were going to these like cram sessions at the university for like eight hours a day and like sitting in classrooms. And I was like, walking, you know, living my best life out there. And it, that's what this is, right? Like that's the difference to me between audio or like, God forbid, watching eight hours of video of, of like a law professor giving you like a crash course and a in torts or something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's why that's audio cool. is magical. Cool. So yeah. our prediction is that audio will continue to be on trend. And I think this is probably for like the foreseeable future is that audio, you know, video has been the obsession of like creators and the creator economy in the last five years. And I would say like audio is not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited for that one. Okay. The fourth one is the, what are we calling this metaverse? We'll start with metaverse. All right. Here's the thing. We will record multiple podcasts about our critiques of the metaverse and of Mark Zuckerberg's vision of the future and of like video games becoming reality and NFTs and all of the Bitcoins. And like, there's a lot to say about all of it, but the point being that this is not also not going away. And I think like my natural inclination beyond like the sort of the mild curiosity is just avoidance. Like Mm -hmm. this is too weird. It's too hard. I don't know. I don't want, I don't, it's too confusing. Nobody really knows what they're talking about. Like that's the biggest point I think from like trying to learn about it. But at the same time, there's a lot of money and really smart people working on this stuff. And I think if you care about the future and you work on the internet, it behooves you to really start to understand which of these things you want to participate in and how you want to participate. And so I think for me, I think especially for our audience and people like us, 2022 is going to be about like understanding web 3.0 and all of the things like that and Mm -hmm. where we fit in all of that. I think part of this, it's so easy to say, well, I don't understand all of it. It's like beyond me and I get it. And I think that that that's like such a mistake. And so I think you and I are going to take this on. Like, I don't really understand. I own crypto. I own some Bitcoin and some Ethereum and I don't even, I only did it so I could kind of figure it out. And I think where this is going is so interesting. And so I think you and I will take this on. We just talked about maybe doing a bit of a series on crypto, Bitcoin, all that stuff. Like let's learn about it. And all these NFTs, it just, it's so it is hard to understand, but I want to understand it. And I think we should explore it and just see where it goes. And yeah, so we will take some time on this podcast this year to bring in relevant experts and have conversations. And you and I can obviously banter around with our own learnings as we're kind of figuring it out and figuring out what elements of this stuff we want to incorporate into what we're building, right? Like mm-hmm. where do we fit in this space? Like what is worth paying attention to? What is worth disregarding? And then the other thing, you know, we're like, I'm drawn to power, like moth to a flame. And so if this is the direction that things are going and people like us choose to ignore it, then the future gets right. built. That's- in a way that that we don't agree with. And that's Mm -hmm. the future our kids live in too, right? So Mm -hmm. like, if this is where things are going, then we need to play a role in shaping it. We have an obligation ethically to do that. Let's get product placements with Marvelous in the metaverse. That's where advertising is going. It's so gross. We could, it would be so, and then they turn on online learning and it's like Marvelous, a Marvelous. Like a cartoon, like icky cartoon version of our logo. Oh, I can't water stand bottles, it. All the water bottles people Ugh, are using. I can't have stand our it. 
Oh my God. It'd be so I cannot stand it. I read an article a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw this. It was about sneakers. Did I send this to you? No, I don't like the word. It's like, oh my God. Shoe heads. Is that what people are called? Sneaker heads that like really obsess with those kinds of shoes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. There's an article because this is one of the big like initial pushes in the metaverse is to like create the cartoon shoes, right? And then people go buy them with real money, like crypto versions of real money. And so in like this whole article is about how actually like the people that really care about shoes and are obsessed and have like giant shoe collections are like not having anything to do with the cartoon shoes. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was like, oh, Good for the shoe heads yeah, or whatever good, good they're called. Them. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Why do you care? Like who cares about cart? If you care about cartoon shoes, please let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram. Tell us why you care about cartoon shoes and, you know, no judgment. Like I really want to understand why like metaverse fake shoes are <laughs> enticing. Like I think like, I think I'm not a gamer and, you know, I just can't relate. So if you are, or you relate to this world, let us know, like, maybe that's the way things are going. And some people play animal crossing that I know. And I think some of this stuff happens in animal crossing. I don't know. A lot. I, don't I, I have nothing to say. Nothing <laughs> I don't to say. know a lot about this and I'm I don't let my child play video games yet. So I just like, really don't know what I'm saying, except that I think it's like cartoon shoes <laughs> and people pay it's... like real money for them. Well, I still want product placement in the metaverse because I think it would be super fun to explore. (laughs) But I also think we should talk about the NFTs, like the non-fungible tokens. Yeah. And like, how do we fit into that? Right. Like we got like, we got like stickers on stories and Instagram. Is it kind of the same? (laughs) I don't think it's the same thing. (laughs) I think that people that understand Web 3.0 are just going to listen to this and like turn it into like memes that people make fun of. Melania Trump's drawing them. We'll get Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. We're going to talk more about this this year because we don't really know yet what we're saying. Like we're just, we're going to explore it. We really don't know. We really don't know, but it's (laughs) kind of funny. So anyway, yeah. So those are just looking, I think those are the big predictable trends that like we see. And then we didn't talk about this one before Sandy, but like just the general rise of the creator economy is not going anywhere. The creator economy is approximately 50 million people. It's majority woman. (laughs) Like that's the demographic breakdown of it. And I think that it's like the influencer space and the creative space and all the people making stuff and selling it, that's the creator economy. And I think that's just going to continue to grow. There's obviously these trends about more and more people leaving their jobs. And so how are they going to support themselves? Like this is the obvious place where it's marvelous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the obvious place. So I think that trend is not going anywhere. And obviously like the startups that service, the creator economy are exploding. We are one of them. And we obviously focus primarily on wellness creators, but you know, we have lots of other amazing creators as well on our platform. So like, that's going to keep growing and exploding. Mm-hmm. And that's like the future of the economy. I love it. All good. Stuff. All right. <laughs> Those so are the trends. Hustle. You got, uh, oh, I you got the joy. joy. Okay. All this right. This is really funny to me. I'm going to try not to laugh. Please don't make fun of me. Okay. So before I left on my three month Airstream journey that I just returned home from, I read an article in the New York Times about this like green tea shop in Brooklyn. So I have like this like really nerdy tea thing. Like I'm really nerdy about tea and coffee. I like love, I love it. I love like understanding the business. I love understanding how it's grown. I love like really intensely love this stuff. Anyway, I read about this tea house in Brooklyn. And I was called Kettle, K-E-T, 
TL, I think is how you spell it. And they go to Japan and they source this like tea that you can't get anywhere else. And they sell, they have like these matcha classes there. I decided that I needed this tea and I am about to leave on a three month trip. So we were going to visit family on the East coast. And so I had, I'm like, I'm just going to send some tea, you know? And then when I get to the, I drive across the country and I'm visiting family for the holidays, I'm going to pick up my tea. Well, I didn't understand how much a kilo is because I'm American. So obviously don't know things like that. And so I think I, two pounds, 2.2 pounds. I ordered like four kilos of tea to my brother's house. And, um, and then I was like, it was very expensive. And I thought, well, this is high end tea. This does seem even more expensive than I would have thought, but you know, this tea must be like really good. Clearly, if it's like many hundreds of dollars and like, I'm here for it. Like I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this tea. Well, I ordered like however many, five pounds of tea. All right. A lot of pounds that I've been carrying around the country with me, like all over since then, like all it's like spilled in the airstream. I have like green matcha powder, like all in my little dresser area. It's fine, but it is like actually phenomenal tea. So even though the story is funny and you do not, nobody needs to order even one kilo of one tea. Kilo. Don't, don't yeah. make my mistake, but the tea is phenomenal. And there's also this like really amazing buckwheat tea. That's like caffeine free that I have at night. It's really, really good tea. And then the gem matcha is my favorite of all the tea. So if you're also a tea fan or a caffeine fan, <laughs> and you like good tea, just go ahead and head over to Kettle's website and they're in Brooklyn. And if you live in New York, you should go there and have some tea, but don't order a kilo or four kilos. One kilo equals 2.2 pounds for all the Americans. That's just, you're learning today. More, nobody needs two pounds of tea. Yeah. You don't need, you can just order more tea if you drink it all. Like just tea in grams, not (laughs) a kilo. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. Okay. I have the joy or the hustle and it is a gift I received at Christmas from my brother. And do you remember in like the old days, you'd like put up a calendar on your wall and then you'd like flip it every month. You'd turn it. I still do that, Sandy. Oh, I think I was 10 the last time I had a calendar on my wall. So anyway, my brother bought me the Stendig calendar and it's sort of an iconic you know, classic sort of design calendar. It's like four feet by five feet or something. It's huge. It has like giant numbers. There's no space to write any. It's not like an empty square. It's just like the numbers. It's just huge. And I just love it so much. And I didn't realize like, what day is it? Or what day of the week is that date? You know, and you, I'm always like trying to find a tab to where's the calendar? Where's my phone? And it's like, oh, I just glance up and then there it is. And I just like think that we all need calendars on the wall, but this thing is like, it's black and white. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Are you going to hang it? behind you at some point? Like, where is it going to go? I think it's going to go in front of me here. Uh It's actually still on the floor because I can't decide where to put it. I have a big blank wall and I might just put it on that wall, but I need to like glance at it when I'm at my desk. Mm -hmm. Right. And so (laughs) it'd be cool to put it behind me, but then it will wreck all my art that I have now. It doesn't really work, but it's very cool. And I just think it's an awesome gift as well. Like it's just so unique and so different. And yeah, so it's called Stendig by Massimo Vanelli and it's about 90 Canadian. So it's not that bad. And it should be much less in US dollars, but yeah, three feet by four feet. It's huge. And I just love it. Like the simplicity, the black and whiteness of it. I just, I think it's so cool. And then my brother said that he uses, like he had one and he would like rip it off. Then he used the giant piece of paper for wrapping paper. That's such a good idea. 
I would, I use like regular calendars for wrapping paper. I have one of my favorite, this is last year's calendar because I've been traveling since this month, October. October. So my calendar is still on October of 2021, but I haven't got, I like came home and I didn't get rid of it because like, this is too beautiful to get rid of. Like you use it for like wrapping and art projects and stuff. And this is Nikki McClure. She's like a paper cut, lino cut artist. Mm -hmm. She designs out of paper. Anyway, no, all about paper calendars. And I think we should also say that I recommended this acrylic reusable calendar that's also giant and on the wall, (laughs) which I I think we do have to talk about it. And I have that calendar where you like, just like clean it off and like put the new numbers in for the new year. So we don't have to buy a new giant calendar, but then I told you about it and you bought it and then you use permanent marker on it. So I (laughs) have a checklist of, cause I stopped using it as a calendar and started using it as just like a visual, like here's the things I'm doing. So the whole like front end funnel that I'm working on right now, the whole like next steps are like permanently there. It's ridiculous. I'm going to find a way to get it off. And when I was ordering it, it's like, make sure you use the chalk mark. Don't use anything with the chalk mark, like over it. I'm like, yes, I got it. Clearly I did not. So unfortunately I've kind of ruined it. It's all right. I got my other calendar. You got your other one now. You got a year to come to terms with the fact that you did that. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Thanks, Jenny. It's been fun. All right, folks. If you like our show, we would very much welcome a rating and review from you. And you can always find us over on Instagram at Hey Marvelous. And you're welcome to send us a DM, give us ideas, suggestions, things you want to talk about, and any feedback that you have on the episodes that you listen to. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our Inner Circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high-touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.